Welcome to Potternot, a podcast for those with conflicted Harry Potter feelings, and this is a bonus episode about the movies, the good and the bad. I'm Adela, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a tired fan. I'm Zoe, she, her, and even more jaded fan. And I am E, my pronouns are she, they, and I am a conflicted fan. And we... We have just finished watching the first three movies together. This episode is going to be about the first two movies. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a thing to say right off the bat at the beginning and like just a note in general <laughs> is that so E never saw the movies. Nope. And Zoe and I value very different things about the movies. Sure do. I think we should talk about that. <laughs> we We had an interesting time. I will say, I, and I think Zoe also forgot this too, I did not know that they were so long. I forgot that also. So some behind the scenes, we were planning on watching one and two on one night and three the next night because we're splitting up the recordings thusly. Except that we all collectively forgot that movies one and two are each over two and a half hours long. Yeah. So it got to be, and this is just a fun fact about me and my life, it got to be 8.30 and I was like, hey y'all, it's 8.30. And they were like, yeah, we know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I got to be 9.30 and I was like, I need to go to bed immediately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't help that we were in the middle of the second movie, which Zoe Which I hate. hate. Which we yes. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, Zoe hates the second movie. So then we had to pick up the second movie on another day, which I think actually improved my viewing of it, not through the entire thing all at once the second movie is longer than any of the other movies which is wild which i thought like i don't know i for some reason i thought the later movies were all like marvel movie length which now we realize that the second harry potter movie is actually longer than marvel movies also so yeah i mean i can understand thinking that because of the comparable length of the books Mm -hmm. i will also say that on this rewatch because zoe hates the first two movies i was Mm -hmm. noticing more how bad they are than i normally do and i think normally it's just like a it's like watching a bad movie that you know is bad but you like it anyway Mm -hmm. yeah and like i so i don't notice the parts of it that from a film point of view are bad because that's not a thing that i ever really cared about with the harry potter movies every like anytime i saw a harry potter movie for the first time and afterwards all i cared about was how closely it related to the book which is why i hate the later movies and like the first few movies better because they're closer to the book i can understand that now that i don't like book canon as much (laughs) (laughs) Uh i think that will change a little bit i'll say my impression so i liked movie one and didn't like movie two but mostly the difference there is because of my feelings about the stories Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And not because of any inherent difference in the movies. I think the movies, both one and two, are essentially dramatic dramatic readings of the text. Yeah. Rather than film adaptations of the text. They haven't been transformed in any way into film format 
It's just they took the scenes and they did them. The yes. most redeeming quality of the first two movies is how adorable the children are. The children yeah. are so cute. They're so cute and baby. <laughs> They're all babies. They're all they babies. all have extremely round faces. We were chatting to each other live while we all watched and about half of our comments were about how cute they all are. Yeah. <laughs> Just as an example of some of the writing that I find objectionable in the first two movies is Hagrid is showing Harry through diagonally. And rather than saying something coherent, as he does actually in the books, he says, all your bits and bobs for doing your wizardry. Motherfucker, you are a wizard. <laughs> you know what those bits and bobs are. And he doesn't. <laughs> Everything about that sentence is wild to me. Like the othering effect that is happening with that sentence for Hagrid in these movies mm. of just like putting him in a different cat. He's not a wizard in that sentence for doing your wizardry. Yeah. Also, the fact that he says that line and works at everything about that line is baffling <laughs> to me. And even though it's in the first movie, which I find adorable but bad. It sums up sort of what I hate about these first two movies, which is their literalness to the text. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I was actually in the same camp as you, Adela. Like, if I'm thinking back to the friends that I would talk to about these movies, I didn't like them because they weren't the text. But when I saw them, I enjoyed them because they were enjoyable movies past the first two. But I've never liked the first two movies because they're bad movies. <laughs> yeah. They're accurate adaptations and bad movies. So my argument is that, and we'll get to this when we get to the third movie, but my argument is that all of the movies are bad, mm. and they are bad for different reasons, and I don't That's like fair. them. The reason I like the movies is not because they're good movies. Yeah. That's fair. We'll we'll talk a lot more about it in our next episode, which will be entirely on movie three. Yeah. But um, movie three was a way more competent film, but certainly there are things to say about let's it. Let's talk about things that we liked, and also didn't like but let's also focus on one movie at a time maybe yeah yeah so the first movie harry potter and the sorcerer's stone <laughs> because we watched the american edition because that is what i own and i yelled alone in my room every time they said sorcerer's stone it is still buck wild to me that they literally did scenes twice yeah so that they could release two versions of the movie and side note, if you've always watched the British version and then you watch the American version for the first time, it's really weird. And obviously they filmed the scenes twice, so obviously things are going to be different, but it's just really weird to see the same scene. But like little different po like different poses, different like inflections of the words. It's just very strange. Anyway. Yeah. I don't like if, in case I didn't say it on the podcast before, I hate the Americanization of the books and first movie with a passion. Yeah. It is one of my biggest Philosopher's Stone to Sorcerer's Stone makes no sense to me. Less than no sense. <laughs> the actors are good. I'm trying to find a lot of anything positive that I've said about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Dan Rad is great he's baby he he's was baby. doing he was doing, he was his, doing best. his best in the first one it's, it's, you know <laughs> this is harry being worried this is harry being angry this is yeah. Harry being yeah i think the the positive thing that i have to say about this movie is that rupert grant was really really talented mm -hmm. and was probably the most talented of the tr main trio for the first three movies yeah definitely um, he's so good tom felton also so good <laughs> 
Tom Felton isn't in the movie enough. Yeah, that's fair in the first movie. Yeah, he's not even in the second movie enough. A movie which is way more about, like, him and his family and Slytherin. What I have written down for Emma Watson is I love her, but she's not as talented as the other two. Or Tom and her eyebrows do most of the (laughs) I love Emma Um, primarily because the writing for Hermione is is pretty pretty good. good. Yes. Here's some fun facts from the set. So if you see the kids in the Great Hall and they all appear to be doing homework, they were all doing homework because they were all in school. And so they all had homework to do. Um, And the professors, the people, the actors playing professors and the older students would all help each other with their homework. Um, So there's a scene in, I think, both movies where they're like in the Great Hall and working. And actually, that's them doing their homework and like reading their textbooks that just got like binding redone or whatever. Side note, I like that addition from the movies that they do their homework in the Great Hall. Because it allows for yeah. more, like, inter-house... Not, not that it happens in the movies, but, like, potentially it could allow for more inter-house, like, mm-hmm. friendships to develop than if they're just doing it in their common rooms all the time. There was also yeah, a scene... it's more of, like, a study I hall. think in movie two of them doing homework in the library or something like that. A bunch of... Yeah, which they do a lot in the books. Um, I love Dame Maggie Smith. Um, that She's is also so something good. that I have written down here. Um, but the other fun fact that I have is uh, Emma Watson apparently used to mouth other people's lines <laughs> as they were talking because she knew the script and they had to like train her not to do that. <laughs> she also wrote an essay about why she should be Hermione Granger when she... So I think that this is, it's not, it's not her trying to get the role. It, it was, was after, after they yeah. were cast. And the director, Christopher Columbus, assigned them homework that was basically like, tell me about like what you see yourself doing as this character and different things. And she wrote like an eight page essay and um, Dan Rad like did a competent job. He did fine. He did like one page and Rupert Grant forgot to hand it in. So <laughs> Very good. pretty accurate to their characters. You know, typecasting. Yeah, they do a lot of that. Oh, Oliver Wood, very attractive. Had a crush on him when I was a child. <laughs> I can see it. Um, we obviously have to talk about Alan Rickman being incredible. He's so good. Yeah. We are going to be talking about Alan Rickman being incredible throughout all of the movies movies because he is the reason. It's difficult because Snape is so horrible and I hate him so much. But I love Alan Rickman. And I love Alan Rickman as Snape so much. Yeah. And like when he passed away, I went and watched some of his movies. I went and rewatched Dogma, for instance. Please go rewatch Dogma. He plays Metatron, the voice of God. and It's great. It's Jane Silent Bobber in it. It's a wild film. Very 90s or early 2000s, whatever. That's basically still the 90s. It was great. Yeah. But I also rewatched one of the Harry Potter movies. I, I think it was four. And just like, he's a really talented actor and he was a really good guy. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things where like, there was a, like a, a little span of time where a bunch of celebrities that I have always loved to some degree died yeah, on a row. That was, mm-hmm. that, yeah. But I put him in the same category that I put Leonard. Yeah, Nimoy. I was going to say Nimoy. Yeah, like Nimoy and Rickman for me are, that's for those of you who don't know who Leonard Nimoy is, he played Spock in the original Star Trek series. Yeah, and passed away back in like 2012. Yeah, uh, 2014. Sorry, yeah, 2015. Yeah, 2014. And Rickman passed away not long after. Yeah. And it was, it was really devastating to me. Um, and this is one of those like weird things is like you react to celebrity deaths and like you don't know them. <laughs> there's a little bit of like, why are you crying for somebody you never yeah. met? But like there's a little bit of that going on here where 
I love Alan Rickman and I love his work and I think that he was a really great human. I have not heard anything otherwise. If there is something that I should know, please tell me. I have also not heard anything otherwise. And he's like, yeah, I also. Yeah. I also struggled with that. It's a joy to see him back on street on screen yeah. is, is what I'll say is like he is clearly having so much yeah. fun. And it is nice to see him having so much fun. I think that was that was one thing I wanted to bring up because seeing him playing Snape, I can now 100% understand why people like Snape. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely very much finished by the movies. The villainousness of how he's written in the books is downplayed a lot in the movies to the point where he's like almost sympathetic by movie three, which is wild because he sucks like way more in book three. Yeah. yeah, I've it's that's an interesting thing to like consider as we finish the books and the movies is like looking at his how he is sympathetic or not. He ha he has like one liners where he like insults Harry or Hermione or whatever, but he's not as actively like cruel abusive and abusive to the point where even the viewer would notice. Yeah. Like, you do get the bit where Neville's, again, this is movie three, but Neville is afraid of Snape. But that's not even, like, acknowledged as a anything but a joke of, oh, poor Neville. Right? Yeah. So, he's very good. He's so good that he makes the worst character in this franchise likable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we should uh, also mention that, us, like, yes, he is incredible and no one else could be Snape the way that he is but also he is too old to be snape <laughs> yes <laughs> and all of the <laughs> and we'll get to that in in movie yeah. three also but yeah yeah best best scene in first movie i think we all agreed was the chess scene yeah that made the whole movie oh for me. yeah yeah like that's by far my favorite part of the book as well yeah and the thing with the first book i was thinking about this while we were watching the movie is like the ridiculousness of the climax like being like this weird puzzle obstacle course yeah that like really doesn't make any sense in a like real world context because this is supposed to be in like the real world <laughs> mm -hmm. so with all that the chess scene is ridiculous to just exist at all but it is still an amazing scene it's amazing um also the music in that scene is great and the music overall music overall is very good one thing i did not know before before watching this series is that the actor for quirrell is uh one of the primary actors in my favorite uh trash netflix show the last kingdom where he plays an anglo-saxon like priest catholic priest so it's very funny to see him being a villain interesting yeah shout out to like the three other people that watch that show <laughs> oh i have a positive thing to say I like Seamus. Seamus is great. I enjoy the Seamus blows everything up yes. trope that they introduced in the movies. And um, they stick to it. In I the wish movies. that they had kept Dean's obsession with soccer because you'll notice, sorry, football, because you'll notice that Seamus gets a lot of screen time and Dean gets basically none. Mm -hmm. um, and Dean is the black boy. Right. So there's that. But I do enjoy that the Seamus blows things up continues and is a wonderful trope. And it, is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and the kid who plays Seamus just like goes at it. He's enthusiasm. I'm pretty sure he originally auditioned to be Malfoy. And it's so funny to think of Malfoy being played by that actor <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. And to have a like 
Irish accent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think that Malfoy should have a little bit of a French lilt, but that's mm, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have almost nothing positive to say about either of these movies. Yeah. Should we focus on movie two? We should. Yeah. Briefly. Kind of, I feel like we've talked enough about movie one. Hedwig is also great. Hedwig is beautiful. All of the owls are great. There's a lot of owls in the first movie. Oh, um, Madam Hooch, local lesbian. Oh, yeah. Also great. Of course. So good. <laughs> Yellow eyes for some reason. Yeah, those never come out. <laughs> There's so many things that, like, Christopher Columbus was like, I'm going to do this whole series. And then people were like, no, these are bad Nobody. movies. And uh, many of his choices were really bad. <laughs> Including putting the hats, Madam Pomfrey in, like, I two, like the hats. Two foot tall wimple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why the fuck is Madame Pomfrey wearing a wimple? Also, she doesn't appear enough in the movie. So, no. um, given how many times Harry is in the hospital wing, she doesn't appear enough. I love the hats, personally. I also love the hats, so. <laughs> I think they're real dumb. That's exactly why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they look like, what's his name? Wurt's hat in Over the Garden Wall. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Anything else positive <laughs> from the from the first movie? Oh, uh, we could we should talk about Dumbledore a little bit. Like, I think that uh, that's another thing where like Dumbledore is the worst, but I really like him in the movies <laughs> for the most yeah. part. Yeah, mm-hmm. easier to like. Yeah, I actually find that I'm the opposite on that one. Interesting. I find Dumbledore insufferable in the movies. Possibly because I'm seeing what he is in the books on screen. And in the books, I can just sort of be like, yeah, this is dumb, but also it's a fantasy book. And therefore, <laughs> they have to have this figure who, like, does the thing. Um, and it doesn't bother me. as I Like, I, I hate him for uh, for reasons that you will come to understand. Uh-huh. But like, I, I mean, I, I have a few reasons already. You are already, <laughs> you are already going that direction. Um, I don't hate him. I find him... We'll get there. Yes. I think the reason why I like him in the movies is because I love... Like, some of my favorite movies are dumb, surreal, like, whimsical, nonsense movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is what Dumbledore is in the movies. I think Dumbledore would probably be better if he was just whimsical nonsense. Mm -hmm. And didn't also have the scenes like the Mirror of Erised lines. Yeah. Or, like, dumb, whimsical nonsense and Mirror of Erised, but not, like, the shit that he gets into in the end of book three. Or the end of book two. Where it's or like book two. fanatical belief in Dumbledore saves yeah. the day. Yeah. Which is Yeah. Like if it was just bizarre. like my headmaster's really cool and also occasionally he has a serious side, that would be much more interesting than, than like him. my headmaster is cool and also God. Yeah. Controlling also this wizard entire God. story. <laughs> yeah. Hagrid, great, not big enough. They did their best. <laughs> they do some like forced perspective shots. Yeah. To make him look. They do some forced perspective. Well big. He is wearing very large shoes. <laughs> yeah. And probably padding. Big and hair. Definitely. Big hair, big beard. I like yeah. the accent. It's not Jean Rhys Davies, and I always think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Um, I like the accent uh, actor. It's clearly a non native. I think it's an attempt at Irish. Scottish? Scottish, I think you were saying when we were watching I it. was saying, but then I changed my mind later to Irish <laughs> because of some of the vowels. It, mm. it fades in and out, just like the written one in the book, which is honestly fantastic for me. Because it fits exactly what that character is intended to be, which is... It's Robbie Coltrane! Which is nonsense. The character is nonsense, the accent is nonsense. It's, it's great. Some important people that you may not know were in these movies, that are in these movies. Robbie Coltrane is Hagrid. Of course, Dame Maggie Smith. 
whom I would like to have her spear my soul with her eyes right. um, is <laughs> Professor McGonagall. Um, Michael Gambon is Dumbledore starting in book three. Mm-hmm. Richard Harris, who passed away at the end of movie two, was Dumbledore for one and two. Ellen Rickman plays. Um, yes. So those are some of the the major. Dizzy, what do you? The other thing with the Dumbledore is to say is like which I said when we were watching it, but um, is that Dumbledore in movie one and two looks as old as Dumbledore in the book in the books should be, but because he is actually old is not able to act as spry as Dumbledore yeah. in the books does, which the actor for the rest of the movies does very well. But then doesn't look as old. But then doesn't look as old. And also, yeah. <laughs> God, Alan Rickman was so beautiful in Die Hard. <laughs> and in Sense and Sensibility. Have oh. you seen him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? I have not. Okay, he's fantastic. I have in that, that movie yes. is this just an alan rickman <laughs> this is an alan podcast rickman now? podcast please go watch robin hood prince of thieves where he surpasses the performance of the main actor and was like shunned from getting good roles about it because that actor i forget who it is some uh, big actor was so mad that alan rickman had upstaged him by being so hammy as the villain <laughs> That Kevin Costner. Yes, that Alan Rickman like wasn't able to get leading roles after that. Um, he wow. is in Sense and Sensibility, which I just uh, the watched recently. version from 1995, and I love every good. minute of that movie. The other movie that I watched when he passed away in 2016 was Galaxy Quest. If you are a Star Trek fan, also fantastic. Stop the podcast. Just stop the <laughs> podcast. Take out your headphones. Stop the podcast. Go watch Galaxy Quest. Just, I'm pausing so that you can take off your headphones and go watch Galaxy Quest. This is very, very important. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> He's in Galaxy Quest. It's the best Star Trek movie. It's the best Star Trek movie. Is it Star Trek? No. Is it the best Star Trek movie? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I have not seen Anyways. it, so. Oh. <laughs> You'll love you it. It has me. Sigourney Weaver in it. Oh, and she gets to be just, it's I'll, I will watch it. <laughs> it's got Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman, and it's just... It's a cast of stars just getting to goof off. Amazing. Maybe we and, should watch and it And make together. fun of Star Trek in a way we should. It's also making fun of Star Trek in a way that, like, the original cast of Star Trek and specifically the cast of Next Gen... The cast of Next Gen actually went to a bunch of theaters and just, like, by themselves and, like, sat in the corner and watched. And all of them were like, this is an experience that I would love to repeat. It's, this is a movie it's so good. that appreciates what it is and that is making fun of what it is while also understanding that fans are the life... This is relevant to our podcast, that fans are the lifeblood of any... Yeah. Of any media, right? Fans are the ones that matter and fans will save the day. Like, that is the core experience of watching that movie. Yes. And Patrick Stewart, like, he was so scared of watching that movie and apparently he heard from um he heard from many of his castmates he was they were like you have to go see this you have to go see this and he went and saw it and he was like this was the it was the best it was the hardest i've laughed in years it was the best theater experience i've ever had like it's such an incredible movie it was the best star trek movie i've ever seen like it's just anyway and alan rickman is in it and he's so good (laughs) this is an alan rickman podcast this is an alan rickman podcast now you know, as it should be. <laughs> hey, should we have a Patreon and should we watch Galaxy Quest <laughs> as a bonus episode? I'd do that for free. 
Oh my god. That'll be yeah. our free Patreon co- Patreon content. The paid okay. content is where you guys explain Star Trek to me. <laughs> no, our free content is yes. the Alan Rickman podcast. You have to pay us to That's keep right. reading Harry Potter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is now um, a Zoe and E explain Star Trek to Adela podcast. It's a hostile takeover. If you would like more Harry Potter, find our Patreon at. Um, I, another positive thing, back to the Harry Potter movies that we are talking about for this episode. <laughs> if we have to. Another positive thing, I think, is the setting, the scenes, like the scenery, and which is like the case in all the movies. But I like the set for Hogwarts in the first two movies. I yeah. also like the set for Hogwarts in all of the movies. I really like the Defense of Dar- Against the Dark Arts classroom slash Lockhart's office slash Lupin's, Lupin's office. office. Yeah set that like pulpit where you see Lockhart teaching from is so funny. It's great. Yeah. Uh shout out to uh God, I forgot his name. Playing Lockhart. Oh. Oh, we'll get there. Um, I like that we, we can we can jump into that. I was just gonna say I'm looking at a picture of the castle, which I didn't realize like from movie three onward there's like a lot of different filming locations than in the first two movies. But the outside of the castle is still the same. So I don't know, like, yeah, if it was just the outside of the castle or if, like, I don't know. I don't know how many things there are that are different because mm-hmm. um, I haven't paid close attention to it before, apparently. But also, I was going to say, um, I think the castle that they chose is a very good um, castle to answer our questions about mountains from way back in the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> about how do you put a castle on a mountain? I feel like the castle that they film in is is pretty good for that. Yeah. I was surprised at how, and maybe this is something that changes, I don't know, but I was surprised at how medieval the interiors were. This is not a place that has been updated or made to accommodate the comfort of several hundred children (laughs) in any way. Like, the girls' bathroom that we see is just a stone room with five, like, wooden toilet stalls. (laughs) put in it which like even that that's not a medieval thing so where did the wizards get that idea because <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah. a thing somebody built plumbing in the books there are uh well we did talk about plumbing but in the in the books there are like stalls in the bathrooms which are not like a thing yeah in so i don't know where they got that they they take some tips from muggles i guess <laughs> maybe they added that when they added the plumbing but although they added the plumbing i, mean... I guess like before bathroom stalls existed i think you do know that there is an answer to this question. Yeah, we talked right? about it. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. We don't have to talk about it relitigate. again. Relitigate. No. <laughs> no, let's talk about movie two and talk about one of my only positive things about movie two, which is Kenneth Branagh makes a perfect Gilderoy Lockhart. And I know that Adela disagrees with me, but I think that Kenneth Branagh is perfect because he's not attracted to Lockhart. <laughs> like, Lockhart is supposed to be someone that makes, like, every person who is attracted to men just swoon mm-hmm. right right no 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 Kenneth Branagh is like almost that attractive yeah. and actually out of character he's a lot more attractive than he is as Lockhart especially with like that a hair. little bit of scruff but he's also <laughs> as a human being as I understand it and like this is I'm sorry to cast aspersions if this is not true but as I understand it Kenneth Branagh also up his own ass about himself so he just makes the perfect Gilderoy Lockhart yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely. it definitely gets across the idea that he's much more charming than he is pretty <laughs> yeah although he's yeah. not he does have a good smile he 
He's handsome. He's just not Don't like notice that he, like a hunk. He's never said that he's won an award for being handsome. He always wins award for his smile. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> but also, every so. male attracted person loves him. So yes, hundred. Which is women because there are no so. there are no gay people in this book. No, there's no gay people here. Anyway, I hated the rest of the movie too, and it actually put me like in a horrible mood and. We had to postpone recording. So, <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, it. I yeah, it's the same thing, but opposite from movie one for me, which is that it's a straightforward, like dramatic telling of the events of the book, and I hate the events of the book. So it's just not fun. Yeah, I was like a little bit like I know that I know Zoe that you hate the like also hate the second book, but like I don't know, it was surprising to me how much you hated the movie because <laughs> i feel like to me it's just like oh this is bad but like i can watch it and it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm somewhere between you two on it i think honestly like there's enough going on in the world right now that like things affect me mm-hmm. probably differently than they would at other That's times mm-hmm. there's something about the second book and movie that just always put me in a slightly bad mood and it isn't just how I was feeling the other day where I was like, I need to turn this off and go to bed or I'm going to like be in a horrible mood all night or like I can't record because I'm so grumpy. I'm just going to be an asshole. Like there's something about the book also that like after each of our recordings, I was in kind of a bad mood because I really hate book two. Mm-hmm. And I like could not tell you what it is about this book that and movie that I hate quite so much, except that it's not good. <laughs> and it like every, Every part of it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. The plot holes rub me the wrong way. The way it's left rubs me the wrong way. The way Ginny is used rubs me the wrong way. And in the filming, the way that Christopher Columbus decides to do things, the writing is bad. The acting is subpar. The choices with the set and the camera shots aren't great. Mm-hmm. It just makes me unhappy. Yeah, I was definitely noticing the pacing, which was the thing that I like never like. The pacing is terrible. I don't think I usually pay a lot of attention when I watch these movies. Like, I'm always watching them with people, and we're always just, like, goofing off and having fun while we're watching the movies, not, like, trying to critique them. So I don't think I really noticed that stuff before. One very good scene in the second movie is the dueling club. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say at the Weasleys. The Weasleys, the Weasleys are also good. Okay. Weasleys are also fantastic. Two good scenes. Two good scenes in the second movie. Weasley's house, which I think they did an amazing job with that set. Um, yeah, that's really good. Still so- don't understand why they don't just magic a normal sized house into existence. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, that the 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 magic the the logic is a JKR problem, which Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a book problem. If you want to hear more critique about the if you would like to hear my rant. Situ- well, that also, but I was going to say, if you want to hear like a lot of in-depth critique about the uh, ways that the Wizarding Society and like poverty don't make sense, um, you should listen to The Gaily Prophet, <laughs> because they talk about that Absolutely. a lot. But yeah, the uh, yes, it makes no sense for their house to be like this, but it's so fun for their house to be like this. It's very fun. Dueling Club also. Dueling Club good. is so great, and the Although Harry and Draco. The, oh yeah, we should talk about spells. The first two movies do have the problem where every spell has the side effect of throw person through the air. Yeah, 
Yep. Doesn't matter what spell you say, you're going to throw a person through the air. Yeah, uh, that's just it. That's not what Expelliarmus does. And then the other spells were all made up, I think. Well, I don't know if yeah. the two that Harry and Draco use are from the book directly. I don't remember. Um, they don't use the same spells. Yeah. I think Rick Sempra is. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, but it doesn't do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's a tickling curse. In the, right, because in the movie, it just throws Draco in the air. <laughs> like everything does. Like everything does. That's magic, baby. Also, how do they know those spells? Well, the tickling the tickling charm they probably learned in charms, in charms. class, yeah. But like how do they know cuz in the movie it's shown they're shown as like these are like um combat spells. Like they are yeah. specifically which they should not know at this point really. <laughs> Unless they learned them in defense against the dark arts in like first year somehow. I think it's a charm. Girl. I guess they learn jinxes and things in um charms class as well who knows yeah tick the tickling charm they definitely learn in charms honestly class. i want to see a charms class point. you will please show me a charms class alexa not in movies but you will yeah we'll see them in the, books. in the books i i like charms is always the subject that i think i would like the most if i was a hogwarts student i just want to see kids casting spells on each other oh you see that a lot in charms yeah in the books very yeah. good the movies don't show a lot of classes at all in general, unless they're like yeah. super just, important to the plot. I mean, which is probably so a good decision. Except for the first two, which decide that you have to sit through multiple classes because this is what school is, isn't it? That's what they did in the book. I don't have a problem with that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted more classes in the books. Yeah. Hmm. Which, is, which is like what a thing that we would have gotten if the books were from Hermione's perspective. But Yeah. For me, that's a thing I want from fanfic yeah which i think that we will there is that in fanfic i'm sure that right, there Zoe? is that <laughs> oh god yeah i don't read a ton of school age fic anymore i read a lot of it when i was much younger mm -hmm. on fictionality also i saw a tiktok complaining about how not complaining but like marveling about how gen z has decided that it's okay to talk about fanfiction and how amazing it was but this person was like reading fanfiction.net in 2011 and i wanted to like reach through the screen and be like ao3 existed in 2011 <laughs> yeah i mean i was reading ffnet in 2011 because that's just where some of the fics i wanted to read were uh, the authors had gone away and never ported them yeah and like ao3 was small in 2011 but um they were like and, and ao3 didn't no ao3 existed in 2011 so anyway point being i don't read a lot of school age fics anymore um for a variety of reasons that i'm sure we'll talk about when we do a fan episode at some yeah. point but yes you do get a lot more things in what is known as eighth year fic um you get a lot of classes. Yeah. And I've read quite a lot of those. But you also get, um, there are many, many, many fantastic fics where Harry and Draco and, well, mostly Harry and Draco because I, that's mostly what I read is Harry <laughs> Draco. But also the entire trio goes back and like teaches at Hogwarts. Yeah. And, like, I, those are the classes. ones that I want to read because so. I've seen like bits of things like that on Tumblr. And every time I see them, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is what I want. You definitely get more of that later. Back to the movies. <laughs> yeah. Is there much else to um, say about... Movie two. Um, yeah, the casting of Moaning Myrtle was bad. It was a bad oh, choice. Yeah. They should not have cast a thirty-two-year-old or thirty-seven-year-old or whatever as the ghost of a teenager. Like they did a competent job making her look younger than she is, but the yeah. voice, yes, the voice bothered me so is a choice so badly that I wanted to like turn it's, off the movie whenever she started speaking. That is so fair. It's a choice. I understand. I totally understand that reaction. I think it doesn't bother me because as a kid, I loved it and I thought it was hilarious yeah. and I like memorized her lines and would say them to my friends. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's understandable. It's just that's that's not that ain't that ain't it for me. <laughs> Fun fact about my life: I am actually reading a lot of this chat for the first time because I was in such a bad mood that I was not Paying really present to... in the chat. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly E and I going back and forth, but. <laughs> Is there Quidditch in the second movie? There is um, There is Quidditch in the second movie because of the bludger that hits Harry's arm. That's right. Arm. We haven't talked about Quidditch. Yeah, Quidditch it's in the movies. It's not good in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Adela, would you like to counteract my argument? I mean, no. It's not good in the movies. <laughs> I think it's actually the only good part of movie six. I don't remember what it's like in movie six because I have watched movie six like maybe twice in my entire life. Because I hate that movie with That's passion. Um, but anyway. Wow. Uh, Quidditch is uh, CGI is hard. CGI is hard. And making the sport that is nonsense make any sense on film is a Herculean task that I don't think <laughs> the director did a very good job at. So it just ends up being complete nonsense. Uh, like, it's very, like, made out to be very dramatic with the music and everything. Yeah, the atmosphere of like you know everyone attending the the professors all sitting in their box, like kids with their faces painted, you know that atmosphere is pretty good. I'm sorry to any of my uh, Ministry of Magic friends who used to be on the <laughs> York University Ors Quidditch team. The sport is nonsense. <laughs> I'm proud of you for how well you did, but the sport is nonsense. <laughs> yeah, that's movie. Two and one. I feel like I had something else I wanted to say, and I can't remember what it was. Aragog spiders, they're nasty, they're big, they're oh, bad. hated that. The horror aspects. The, the spiders scene in movie two was way worse than I expected it to be. Like, I'm not even... But the Voldemort drinking unicorn blood in movie one was less bad. That was less yeah. bad. Than you expected it. Yeah. yeah. And then they were just like, you know what we should do? Put... 7,000 realistically modeled spiders on the screen. Yeah, well, video games had that one down pat. They probably just, like, ported something over. Probably. But um, uh, still, don't like it. Side note, Forense or Forens. Um, Forens. <laughs> God. That that was a design. It really, yep. Uh-huh. I stand by my statement that Forens in a very Potter sequel is the best depiction of Forens. Firenze, please. <laughs> <laughs> also um i have issues with a very potter sequel and specifically with umbridge in a very potter sequel mm. and a variety of issues around her character but yes forense is great is perfect <laughs> absolutely perfect he he is not like a good adaptation of the character from the books in that show oh god he no. is but just great that, that he's whole just a show great is character. not supposed to be no yeah that yeah. show is not supposed to be that for those of you wondering what we're talking about it is a human wearing tight white pants with the back half of a toy horse <laughs> glued to the back of his tight white pants to make him look like he has a horse back of his body. <laughs> but this is a stage play put on by Brooke college students. It's great. Yep. So it's That's great. We have to do we will do. Kid. We will do bonus will, episodes yeah. on a very Potter, yeah, on Starkid. Uh, Harry Potter stuff. Yes, absolutely. Because that was the Harry Potter cultural phenomenon that I did experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. Yeah, I experienced it as it was being put up on YouTube. Because I'm old. I don't know. This is, this is actually, we talked about this in the first episode. I think it's important to bring up now because we keep talking about fandom things and things that I have experienced that you two haven't. I'm 30. It is 2020. And I am 30. And I am, what, four, two... 
Adela, how many years older am I than you? three years older than me. I'm three years older than you, but I'm, what, six and a half years older than E. And it is, even the three years between me and Adela, it makes a really big difference what we experienced on the internet. Yes. Also, the fact that I wasn't on the internet until, like, 2011, very much. (laughs) But, like, in 2007, when YouTube existed, it was fall of my senior year of high school. Right. Right? Like, that's a very different experience than either of you had. When I entered high school in 2010 and got on the internet in like early 2011, like YouTube was already a thing. And I got into like John and Hank Green and their entire circle of vloggers. Nerdfighteria. Nerdfighteria. Yeah. But that was me as like a freshman. That was me as a first year university. Yeah. And I was in grad school and I was studying to become a teen librarian and I was watching Nerdfighteria videos. And I think that that's important in terms of the movies as well. Like think about our relative ages when these movies came out, uh-huh. even between myself and Adela, right? So like, I also am trying to remember and I don't think that I saw the first two movies in theaters. I think the first one I saw oh, I in theaters was did. the third one. Um, actually, you might be right. I don't think I saw the first two in theaters either. It came out in 2002. I was 12. Yeah, I was only, I would have only just read the second and third books at that point. And I don't think I even knew the movies were like a thing that was happening. But I think that that's important because I was the same age as the characters, actually. Yeah. In 2002. But the movie is aimed at younger audiences than 12 in a lot of ways. The way that it's acted and the directed. The first one or, or the second one? The first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think it came out the year before. And the second one came out when I was 12 and, like, theoretically should have been for me. Yes. But I was so frustrated by the first one mm-hmm. that I had no interest in the second one. Yeah. And I think that there is something to be said for, like, what age did you come to this at? And E, one of the things that you talk about when we talk about the books is, like, this is a great middle grade reader. And you can appreciate that as an adult yeah. who's going back and reading these books. Right. When The Chamber of Secrets came out, I was, what, like, 10? Uh-huh. The book. And, like, when the final book came out, I was 17. And so was Harry. Yeah. And so, like, there is a very different movie and book relationship the older you are right. up to a point. Right. <laughs> And I think that the first movie was so bad that it put me off the second movie, even though it was directed at me. Yeah. Which is interesting that like, it's, it's interesting that that clicked. I don't, this is a bad turn of phrase, but like you saw through the movie, even that young. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was easy to see through the movie because as much as I didn't like the book, the book was so much better than the movie. I honestly can't remember what I thought of the first two movies when I first saw them. (laughs) That was a long time ago. And like after that, I always looked at them as like, oh, they're so cute. Because like Mm -hmm. I didn't like watch, Mm -hmm. I I definitely didn't watch the movies a lot as a kid because I didn't like the things that were different from the books. And I read the books so often and they mattered a lot to me. So I didn't watch the movies very often. And I watched them a lot more like in university for like Harry Potter Club events and things like that. And that was always just like a fun Mm -hmm. time. But I the like the first movie I remember having feelings about was the third movie, which was when I started being like, I don't like these things that are not like when I specifically came out of the theater being like this and this, this and this were wrong. Um, Yes. So yeah, anyway, we'll get to that when we get to the third movie. But well, so I just I want to make a a comparison here, actually, because obviously I didn't see these as a child. But the movies that I did see as a child were the Narnia movies. Yeah. Mm. because when the Chronicles of Narnia, the first one, came out in 2005, I was nine. And so I was... 2005? 
Yeah, oh 2005, God. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Not a great movie. <laughs> so that was one of the first movies I saw in theaters, and it was a series that I loved and my whole family loved. And seeing that movie, like, I have so much nostalgia yeah. for that movie and for the child actors who were my age, mm-hmm. you know, playing Lucy and Edmund and, you know, thinking about how, like, Susan and Peter were big kids. Yeah. And looking up to looking up to those actors and like reading all of the behind the scenes stuff. And then three years later, Prince Caspian came out in 2008 and was a f- wait that they continued making these yeah. movies. Oh, Zoe. Oh, <laughs> Zoe. They made three of them. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember anything about the second or third one. I, yeah. I definitely really liked the first well, one. Well, the second one you don't remember because uh, it was extremely bad. Yeah. And then the third one, the third one is fine, but like... Oh, the third one is the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, right? I really yeah, like that one. Yeah, it's fine. Actually, it's a, it's an remember. interesting adaptation. But by the time I was 12, seeing Prince Caspian, it was so bad. And I had grown up a little bit that I was like, oh, movies about things that I like can be bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which was a weird place to be as <laughs> a 12-year-old. But I, I think it yeah. vibes with, like, what you're saying about Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets and Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> mm. Movies I saw at approximately the same don't age, think which I've disappointed seen me mightily. Oh, don't. Okay. Actually, I don't think I've seen any of the Next Generation films. You should watch First Contact. I have um, seen First Contact. That's a lie. I okay, did see good. that It's one. the only one you need to see. You should also watch Generations, but you should expect it to be bad. To wrap. Welcome back to Zoe and E explains Star Trek to Adela. <laughs> this week, we were talking about. And I continue to try to make us talk about Harry Potter. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think to wrap up, can we say like one favorite moment from either movie one or two? Or favorite line or favorite anything? I'll go first because I have so little good to say. There's a great Vine that doesn't, you know, Vine doesn't exist anymore. It's. For those of you who don't know what Vine is, it was like TikTok, but shorter videos. And it was very good and it was very funny and it was killed by Twitter. Zoe, that makes me feel so old. I know. The concept that somebody doesn't know what Vine was. I, people don't know what Vine yeah. is. Um, anyway. anyway, there was a really great Vine. There was a face switching ability. And there was a great Vine of this girl who was clearly like bored out of her mind and watching Harry Potter. And um, she's watching the first movie. And when Hagrid says, you're a wizard, she flips her face and Harry's and she goes, I'm a what? (laughs) (laughs) The comedic timing of seeing the flipped faces and like her, like it was just, it was perfect in every single way. And that vine is the thing that I like most about these two <laughs> movies directed by Christopher Columbus. And that, uh, that scene we, was a thing we had fun with in our chat also. Yes, we did have fun in the chat. Yeah, if you haven't looked at our Twitter uh, in a while. I've been posting some screenshots of... <laughs> of our chat. It's hard for me not to just say the chess scene because I really love the chess scene. Just say the chess scene. I love the yeah. chess scene. It's good. Uh, I, oh yeah, I remembered the other thing I wanted to mention and I'll just say it as my like one moment which is like i teared up <laughs> when ron like knocked on the compartment of harry's like on the train of Har- on harry's compartment i don't know why and i think i might have a little bit when i read that part of the book too <laughs> which is not a thing that has ever happened to me before it definitely has never happened to me before in the movies so i think this week especially i've been thinking a lot because of the content of our last episode i've just been thinking a lot about like 
endings <laughs> and yeah. like and the end of my obsession with Harry Potter and like looking at the beginning of that friendship is just I don't know even yeah. though the movie is not great I like I like that scene in the book and I like that scene in the movie because it's just the beginning of a friendship that is very important to me yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyway, for all that we've dunked on these movies, it was a genuinely good time watching the first one together. Yeah, when you're watching when you're watching Harry Potter movies, I feel like you have to watch them with your friends. We keep <laughs> we keep accidentally talking about movie 3, but I think <laughs> that one is one that I could watch by myself because it's mm. a good film. Yeah. But I agree. Definitely with friends. So that was our bonus episode on harry potter and the sorcerer's stone and harry potter and the chamber of secrets the movies so much film i think this is this is fun these bonus episodes are definitely um a lot more casual than our regular (laughs) episodes we're kind of going all over the place but i think it's fine it's fine let us know your thoughts about this first and second movie do you agree do you disagree are you on the Adela side, the Zoe side, or the in-between, which is kind of where E is. Does anyone have any further thoughts? Nah. I'm looking forward to doing the next episode. <laughs> That'll be much, much more uh, positive. All of that being said, I have been Adela. You can find me on Twitter at Aredel, A-R-E-D-H-E-L underscore underscore. I'm Zoe. You can find me on Twitter at Zoe Topaz, Z-O-E-T-O-P-A-Z, and buy my book, Ostentatious, The Evolving World of Jane Austen Fans, wherever books are sold. And please go watch Galaxy Quest. Uh, I am E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at C-E-L-1-0-E. And please go watch Robin Hood. I forgot the one. The one with Alan Rickman in it, please. Uh, Prince of Thieves? Prince of Thieves. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Men in Tights, but that one's also good, but does not have... Oh, also I have not seen that one. Does not have Alan Rickman in it. Still good. (laughs) Does not have Alan Rickman in it. Has some problematic bits. Also very funny. Oh, I guess this is totally unrelated to Potter or Harry Potter, but I did just release a game and I would like to mention that. Yeah, please. If you like tabletop role-playing games and if you like fairies, I just released a fun fairy crime game. You do heists as fairies, and it's very fun. You can find it on flowerfay.itch.io. That's fae spelled F-A-E. Yeah, it's good. No, Adela, Adela, the name of the game. What is the name of the game? Oh, Be Fae Do Crimes. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Be Fae Do Crimes, and it's fun. And I like it. Uh, you can find you can follow the show on Twitter at Potternot and on Tumblr at Potternot. Uh, and you can find more of the music by our wonderful composer Morgan Jackson at we did the time warp again.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening to our nonsense. <laughs> yes, we'll be we'll be back soon with movies. We'll be back soon with some more nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>